How do social entrepreneurs and small businesses create an authentic brand people love so they can get the edge they need to stand out, create predictable revenue, and compete against the big guys? That's what we're here to discuss. I'm Adam Force, the founder of Change Creator, and this is the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Deb, welcome to the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. How are we doing today? 
Adam, I am doing amazing. The sun is shining. My dog here will hopefully be quiet and cooperate for us. I'm ready to dive right in and have an amazing conversation. So thank you again. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have you here and I'm glad you got some good weather over there and you're feeling good. It's a little earlier in the morning uh, than we usually do our interviews. So appreciate that. Um, so, you know, we're going to get into the topic of leadership. Uh, we're going to get into navigating, you know, the business uh, in the right mindset and things like that. So let's just give people a little bit of background. I know you have an entire book written around these things, and we're going to get into some of these like takeaways and lessons and all that stuff. So just give a little bit of background in the nutshell about who you are and, and what you have going on today. So I'm a work in progress, but again, thank you for that. But right now where I am at is that, yeah, I have a lot of experience just like you. You've got marketing and branding experience. I happen to be an operations and quality uh, excellence leader. I have been in manufacturing and operations for over 30 years. So along the way, we use our technical skills to help solve business problems. And so that is primarily the work that I do. I consult and I drop in to organizations that are going through some kind of business transformation and they're looking right and they're looking left. They don't have enough capacity or capability to do it. And they're, I don't know, raise their hand and finally say, I need help. So those yeah. are the perfect leaders and CEOs that I can help them get unstuck and get back on track. But there is another demographic that I've come to love because it's not just helping the business thrive. It's right. sometimes entrepreneurs like the ones that you serve, as well as aspiring leaders. They're rock stars. They're so good at what they do. And then something happens, either their mindset, the environment, a new boss, a difficult client, something changes for which, oh my, they lose their confidence. And I have found that over time, even though I elevated in my career to higher and higher roles in the corporate world, there's a lot more smarter people than me. And I realized that my true gift was to be able to elevate them, remove the barriers, help them to message a little bit better for influence. Yeah. And so I've developed a lot of these skills through the School of Hard Knocks to be able to also help the aspiring C-suite leader, help the person who's starting out in their business be able to, for themselves to get back on track because sometimes it's just a little bit that's getting in their way. And that's also why I wrote the book because I see common thread, amazing people that get yeah. stuck. Interesting. Yeah. And, and what, what, where did you learn these skills in, that allow you to actually help uh, people become better leaders? <laughs> so I actually wrote the book because it was basically a lot of stories about how did I figure it out? Because I don't know what it was, but either I had a can-do attitude, I am going to muscle through and figure out why my boss isn't giving me a raise. Or when yeah. I give that presentation, I dot my I's, I cross my T's, but it's crickets at the end. So um, where's the conversation? <laughs> uh, did you buy what I was telling you? Yeah. Or, you know, hey, here's the data. And mm, people are saying, let's talk about it another time. And you go away so frustrated. So it is a lot of these lessons along the way for which I didn't have a mentor and I didn't have a coach. And so now, oh my, I see the value of having such people in your life to guide you. Oh, and yeah. so- 
I decided to write the book. Again, I had a lot to say, hey, you can do this yourself. You've got the confidence. Let's help you articulate your messages. Wrote the book because I wanted others to struggle less. And through my experience and my podcast, The Drop-In CEO, I bring forward those lessons and insights to help the next generation leader or entrepreneur. You don't need to struggle. You can do this with a guide or listening to these great resources. Mm. And through your experience, so it sounds like great leaders aren't just born, they can be made. Is that? I absolutely. And again, I'm so jealous (laughs) of those leaders that just kind of walk into a room and they exude confidence. I used to think that was the person I wanted to be. I've got a picture of a person in my mind to say, I want to look and sound and be like them where people just walk up to them and shake their hand. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. I think what's more important is you showing up who you are. You've got your zone of genius, but being able to connect with people, whether it's how you look, how you message, how your website, how everything shows up, because I learned it has to be in sync with each other. I remember a story somebody told me, and I was a little embarrassed. I love bright colors. I love dressing up when I went to work, but somebody ultimately told me it's you're confusing people. You are trying to be a professional at a major organization with strong messages to impact the direction of the business. And then you come in with all of these loud colors. It's a little confusing. They don't know who you are. Now, you can still be your authentic self, have a little bling, have a little bit of flesh. Guys wear colorful socks. You can still have your creative self when you show up at work, but make sure that whatever comes out of your mouth and whatever you look like as well is consistent because people may not necessarily remember what you say, but it's that consistency and that trust. How did I learn this? Oh, I did not learn it in corporate, but when I had to go out and be an entrepreneur and be that sales and marketing for myself, I gently learned all of that matters, not just the service we provide, but how we show up so people can trust you. So I learned it through practice. (laughs) I mean, that's a, a powerful, I think, little commentary that you made that a lot of people miss and, you know, yes, being your authentic self and, you know, is really important and also understanding human behavior to a point where you understand what's the impact of the things you say, you know, you have verbal and then the visual representation and those first impressions and what is it, what's the domino effect, right? Are we, are we bringing a, a welcoming and trusting presence or a powerful presence. I mean, why do presidents wear the red tie at important presentations, right? It's like there is psychological reasoning behind these things. And I think you're talking about visual branding in a sense and imagery. And that's something I love. And I, I, I do as well with websites and digital properties. And so it's very similar um, thought processes and, and that stuff comes to life through, kind of like think you have to at least stop and think about these things a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and it was interesting. And and I, um, along the way, before we had the opportunity to meet each other, Mm -hmm. I found somebody that asked me a lot of questions. You know, who is your client? What is the demographics? What positions are they in? What do you want to be known for? And ultimately, like on my website, you know, I was very clear, like my demographics could be in some areas from the consulting side, 60 to 70% male, because that just happens to be the demographics. It's not about fairness or diversity. That is what it is. And (laughs) then, and, and, and then on the other side, a lot of my consulting or coaching can be female. 
And so the dichotomy of those different graphics, he has strong, bold colors, which my website eventually landed on that because you want to build trust and calm and things like that. And then decide where do you want to be a little bit more personable? You want people to relate to you. And so I put out video that makes it very personal, but it could be more attractive to maybe a female audience. I never would have thought about this stuff, but as I was building my business after corporate, it all mattered and made sense and it works. It yeah. so works. So again, uh, kudos it. to the work that you do, but also just whether you're in corporate or in your own business, it all adds up to building those relationships and that presence. It does. It does. And you got to dig in. And I always say it's 95% planning guys, like take the time. Like even like when, when I was being mentored on like just Facebook advertising, something that simple, right? They're like 95% of your success in that space is off of Facebook. It's, it's the planning and strategy where understanding the customers and the deep rooted, you know, mindsets of like how to really, you know, connect with them. And, and then all of a sudden, all your content, all your visuals, all the experiences you create, they stem from that data, right? From that learning. And now your brand is really starting to take shape, which it, it sounds like exactly what you're talking about and some of the evolutions that you're going through. I mean, I can so relate to this. I just got done with a client and we were talking to them about, you know, they're a can-do culture, but so often they run and do without thinking about, is this the right work to solve a customer issue? Yeah. In the training, we were doing problem-solving training. It's a plan, do, and then check it, make sure it has the right impact. And if not, right. you better change it up a little bit. And I say 60 to 70% of your time should be in the planning phase. What are you trying to achieve? What is the problem that you're solving? And make sure you get everybody in a room to say, we are now going to do this. And only do you act and run and respond and put up those ads, maybe yep. 20 or 10% of the time, because you could be putting the wrong thing out there and your message uh, just doesn't connect. So uh, I'm a strong advocate for spend a little bit more time in planning. You'll save time in the end of what if it's not working? And so money. I love what you do. <laughs> oh yeah. Money. I mean, money speaks when it's your own money as an entrepreneur, yeah. it's especially important to make the right decisions and That's, plan for what yeah. you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you're spending thousands of dollars a day or a week on ads and stuff, and they're not connecting, yeah. you start, you really start saying, I better go back and start paying attention to those steps that everyone keeps telling me about, you know, and, this, and the same thing goes for business. So again, to audiences, we have similar, but different audiences. If you're in business and you're coming up through the ranks, I mean, I love aspiring C-suite leaders. I've got my C-suite leadership Academy. They don't talk about brand and image and presence. Presence can be the corporate side. Brand yeah. and imaging is on the marketing side. You have to show up. And when you speak, it has to convey a message. You need to say, here's the issue. Is it good or bad? How do I, it, how big is it if we don't act on this thing? And how is it going to hit you in your pocket? Again, C-suite leaders are so good at what they do. It could be operations, sales, planning, purchasing, but whoever teaches them how to message. Yeah. So it and, and define that. Yeah. Let's define that for people. Yeah. Just, you know, we have a range of people here, whether they're running seven figure companies to, you know, five and six figure companies. Mm -hmm. um, just so they're clear, because I think there's a lot of people who maybe are running businesses, but they haven't been as much in the corporate world. So C-suite mm -hmm. may not mean much to them. So if you could just define that because they may be a C-suite themselves <laughs> right? yes. and not even know it. So if you could define that for people, that'd be good. 
So let's put this in context. C-suite leader, the buck stops with you. Your neck is wrung. If you can't make the business goals or honey, are we going to see a paycheck this week? Yeah. That's where the buck stops. You do have the burden of all that decision-making, but what, where it makes sense is that also you have the burden or the pleasure of setting the purpose of the work that you're going to do. Because I hope for every one of you, when you get beyond employee or contractor one, two, or three, when you start getting into the four, five, and six people in your organization and business is good, a leader has to set the purpose of the organization. And you as a leader need to be able to develop the people and say, here's the purpose of why we're doing. And then yeah. ask yourself the question when you bring in these apparently talented people, what if they can't develop a strategy and you need somebody that can do strategy. You need to, as a leader, start saying, well, how do I get the performance of my people to the level that I need so I can go from that six to seven figure company on the CEO's compass, my book, your guide to get back on track close to the northernmost compass point, which is peace of mind. You as a business owner want to have peace of mind, get your purpose out there. That should be easy, but then the people you have on your staff, do they have the skills and capability to perform one of the compass points to be able to help you reach your goal? They may be wonderful people, wonderful, wonderful people, but you as a C-suite leader have to make sure the aspiring C-suites, the up and coming in your organization have the skills to be able to impact what you're trying to achieve. That's how it translates from a business owner to corporate. And how do, how do they... What are some thoughts on how they can start thinking about that? Because the reality is a lot of teams, like I know guys like John Lee Dumas, they run, you know, a multi seven figure company, but they just have a team of like, I don't know, six, seven VAs that do different things and, mm -hmm. and operate this thing. So it's not like traditional businesses all the time where we have, you know, full-time hires and stuff like that. So I think that what you're saying is still, it's still the same philosophy that applies, right? Like they need to have the skills they need to be, and you have to look at them as part of the team. So how, how do people start thinking about this and identifying if someone is, is like, how do they execute what you're saying? <laughs> so before I actually answer with the solution, we flip this around. What if one of those VAs left? What if two of the VAs left because somebody next door has got the next greatest thing and they want to be part of that team? Yeah. Now, I've seen in the VA world, one of the critical things to do to make sure you get the same repeatable process over and over again is to have work standards or job aids or a video of here's how you always reach out to a client or get that social media post out there. It's job standards. It's work standards because you're out there, the face of the business. You don't have time to look over their shoulder. And if a VA is out and they insert another one, in. In business, you need work standards. I had a client, amazingly talented, product sustainable, second generation. They were amazing. However, everybody had been there forever. And if one person left the business, they wouldn't be able to sustain it because they have all that knowledge. You yeah. want to be repeatable, reliable. And so what you found with this client, we got in there, we wrote all of the procedures. We said, do you have cross training? No, we don't have that either. Everybody <laughs> just knows their job. I said, you need cross training because you as a business owner need to think about risk. If one person yeah. leaves, they could disrupt the future of your business. So job standards, job aids, checklists, whatever you need, post-it notes, make sure whoever is on your staff as you grow can produce the same result. 
That's business. So systems in place, meaning, and a lot of times, you know, I feel like when you're running the business from the start, these are systems that as a founder or with your co-founder that you start establishing, but people don't tend to document them to your point, right? And it takes a lot of time and effort to build out that kind of those SOPs, standard operating procedures, everybody, um, and really get these things set up in a way that they can run like a well-oiled machine, right? Well, I'll respond. That can be the reality. But if you set your timer, you get up at six, you put the dog out, you go to the gym, you come back, you check your email, you start doing your writing in the morning because that's when you do. And it's all laid out on your calendar. You are disciplined yourself because it's just you. Why can't you do that? for yourself on a continual basis. Why can't you set up a schedule on Monday? You send out the social Two, you check this here. Wednesday is outreach. You can extend the discipline in yourself of being a successful six figure entrepreneur, solopreneur, and extend that same thing to others. So you have it in you. It's a matter of discipline to be able, if you're serious about growing your business, then set up that same schedule for other people on your team. It doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think the golden word there everybody needs to latch on to is discipline. Um, you know, without discipline, you're just never going to get very far because I, I think a lot of people will th- try to thrive off being motivated, but motivation will only take you so far without discipline. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, pas- I'm passionate about what I do when I have an opportunity to share my story with you. I am in my element. But do I have time to be posting all of my social media? Do I have time to write all of my copy? No, <laughs> I have to depend on others. I have to structure my day. So I yeah. day, every day, week, yeah. month, reach my goals, whether it's financial, it's brand recognition. It is a lot of discipline. Um, again, I'm a work in progress, still trying to figure it out. But you know what? It, it does start with you have the vision, be passionate, do the work you love, but you've got to have systems and standards to keep yourself going. Otherwise somebody else is going to take away your business because they are a little bit more disciplined. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's interesting. You brought up like pumping out the content and God, it's such a big part of everybody's process today. And it's interesting because there's always a few out there that do things very differently, right? Like there was Mm -hmm. a guy, one of my mentors, he's like, if I, he does, I don't know, maybe 40, $50 million a year. So pretty good chunk of change. Mm-hmm. And if you go to his Facebook or any other platform, it's, there's nothing there. It's just, it's, he doesn't, he doesn't put out any content. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. It's literally just his profile picture. And he has like a hundred thousand followers with not never posting one thing, like nothing on the page. It's just a page so that he can actually run ads. All he does is he knows his customers so well and he just runs ads and that's it (laughs) and sells his products. But was it always that way? Where did he start? That's that's what made him stand out in the market. So this I'm talking about Sam Ovens. You can look him up. So Sam Ovens, um, I used to see him all the time. I'm like, who is this guy doing these really janky looking like programs and stuff. He never put time. He's like, if you're the founder that's putting all your time into making things pretty yourself, then you're not spending time learning how to sell to your customer. And that's the only thing that really matters. And I was like, oh, like, and he's, he's walked the walk, right? I'm like, I, he's like, look at my stuff. Even his website. Now here's the guy that's doing that kind of money. 
and you go to his website, it's just a white page with two little buttons for his courses. And that's it. <laughs> so I was like, so there's, the such, there's such power in that because again, yes, read, listen, look at what the gurus or people that apparently look like they're what they're doing, hire consultants or coaches or support staff. And yes, but, and ultimately you got to figure out what works for yourself. A story about me and, and my, I, whatever, forget about the pronunciation of growing my business. Yeah. I, I own the outcome. And I don't want to be able to blame. Well, I followed their course. There's three-step process. I started putting ads and it didn't work because then that's destructive. What you have to do is look at what's out there. Think about your customer. One thing I learned, I was doing all kinds of networking, looking for the ideal client, lots of social media, which I do believe in because when I show up as the brand, I'm building trust. When people I meet say, hey, I've been watching your stuff. It's like, okay, good. I hope I looked okay. But here's (laughs) the thing. But here's the thing. Build your own platform. So Mm -hmm. rather than me trying to chase other people to go into their networking groups and be in their communities and pay for their course and what have you, and mind you, those do help along the way. Of course. I built my own podcast. Now I get to pull people into my world. I get to interview people. And I'm telling you that by creating my own community, finding interesting people, it takes a while, but I'm now building those relationships that are starting to manifest in business development and sales. And so ultimately as a business owner, leverage everybody's input, but find a lane that works for you. Your friend just run ads. For me, it's that relationship, bringing people on the podcast, building a conversation and see what we can do together. And that's the thing. Everybody has their own way. And that like, and the way you brand yourself versus someone else is always going to be different. And the way that you find your leads or actually create clients is going to be different, you know? So I think I, I appreciate what you're saying in the sense of, you know, you, you don't just copycat somebody. I mean, and, and that kind of like point of simplicity from like Sam and stuff like that, that is his brand style. So that's what he has become known for. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's really taking like the underlying educational principles that any coach or mentor can provide and doing it in your own way, reshaping it, you know? And, and I speak to that in the CEO's compass. Now, there are many, many books out there that talk about putting the right operating systems in your company. If you got nothing, put yeah. it in place. But so many of the people that I speak to have already been talented. They've gone into organizations, set up companies and what have you, and they've already been successful. Yeah. So who am I to come in and blow them up and say, no, follow my approach? No, you've already right. know how to run a business. What mine does, it's almost like pick your own adventure. Where do you see yourself off track where you're not seeing the results and you're constantly spending wasteful time in that area, maybe coaching or mentoring your people? You want to do more. You've got great talent, but whatever you pick and choose from the compass, you know what? You might need to spend a little bit more in mentoring your people, mentoring the interactions between your teams versus working in silos. Work on those two. And as they start working towards your purpose and their skills get better, you start feeling that business starting to run on all eight cylinders. Yeah. Pick your own thing, fix a couple things that may be all you need to get yourself back on track. Yeah. And it, I mean, I guess to your point there, I'm curious if, you know, as you work with more and more people, um, you kind of said, choose your own adventure, meaning everybody has a different pain point that they're solving for. Right. Um, have you have you found a common, a more common pain point that stands out to you that like, is there a situation or a type of leader that's like, and you start seeing, oh, 
it's this situation again, like this pain point, like anything stand out to you? Across multiple demographics, whether they're a 25 person company or a 6,000 person company that I've had the pleasure of working with. Um, When you start out, you have a close knit team, you care about people, you send them flowers when maybe something happens bad in their personal life. You have that connection with people. You put your arm around them and help them through difficult times. The challenge I see as you grow as a business is losing the connectivity of the people. One, to make sure the culture and the brand permeate everybody. So brand and the culture and the values that can be diluted as you grow. So keeping that purpose and culture in place, that's a common thread. The other thing is to have the capability and capacity to further develop your people. You're developing as a leader as you're showing up, but who's doing that for your people? And so yeah. right now I've got a client right now, an amazing company. I love them. And they, people that they have are starting to be, the business is outgrowing them and they don't want to lose the people. So they're asking oh, me to come in yeah. and help develop their leadership skills so they can continue to influence, help make the impact they're supposed to do. I'm seeing this as, as you grow and you get more successful, that pain point is going to pull you down. You need to yeah. focus on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great example. And it's tough because I I work a lot with either six figure or early like seven figure teams on brand strategies and stuff like that. And to your point, there is a point, especially for the six figure entrepreneurs where we're going through their brand strategy. And part of that is what I call an operating system. So it is going to be culture values and things like that. And I don't know that they see the value of that yet. Right. Because they don't have the team, the culture and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, this is how we're going to operate. But to your what now hearing what you're saying, I'm like, oh, it's it's like when you start to grow, if you don't have that pinned down, like and it's not really already threaded from the ground up, it's a lot harder to act to implement later when you're already a thriving large business than if you started from the ground up and it's been part of your process the whole time. But you're saying maybe they had it and it just kind of like disconnects over time. Yeah. When you go from like that 10 to 25 and then to 50, it starts breaking apart. When the owner of the company starts saying, you know, I don't know everybody's name or, you know, I used to be able to do more yeah. You know, I used to be able to get a Christmas gift for everybody because then I'd know it, but now I'm not <laughs> sure what their interests are. And then the silos start happening unless you bring everybody together. So that's where I have the performance um, compass point is that you need to know everybody and their ability to achieve your purpose. And if there's a gap, they may be really, really great at brainstorming ideas and bringing creative ideas to you, but they don't know how to put it in a message that they can share with the team and influence them and say, yeah, let's jump on that let's go that's a gap and that gap is going to get bigger and bigger so a leader needs to say what are the gaps for them to be now they if they're a junior designer to be that senior designer they need some skills and it's on you or to leverage a resource to help build that otherwise it's going to keep you up at night later and you might wind up firing amazing people because you never develop their skills Mm, that's a great point too right if you don't have the right processes in place and the right leaders then employees may look bad, but it's mostly because of the poor leadership and not because of them. And not setting up for success or having conversations to say, what do you need? You know, they might say, oh yeah, I can do that thing in Canva or what have you. And really they're still trying to figure it out and go out to YouTube videos, which is a great resource. But did you ever ask the question, 
how's that going? How do you do? Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, yeah. and again, because we're so pumped up, Hey, how's that client job going? You know, we just into the weeds and the results because we're passionate about it and we run over the people. You got to yes. stop a little bit and just say, yeah. how you doing? How you feeling? <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I've worked in corporate for a long time and did all that stuff. And I can see as you get to be lar a larger company that easily happens. And you really do need part of the culture to be about how are you making sure you're giving people like caring for the team and giving them the tools to succeed. And that, that is baked into a cultural mindset as well. So it's like, because that's your operator, that's how you operate, right? So it's either there or it's not. So that's a great point. I, I can see firing good people in those types of situations. So really good example of how important strong culture is and how it, and I guess a warning sign, right? As you're growing to make sure that it doesn't start to disintegrate and, and get diluted over time, right? Because mm -hmm. you'll look back and next thing you know, it's like, oh, what's going on right now? <laughs> it's not the same anymore. So again, the truly aware leader is always looking ahead. They're always thinking ahead. But one of yeah. those things on your roadmap is the culture and or the people development. Very important. I love it. So uh, we're about out of time, but I think we hit some pretty good key points for people just to, and it's interesting because you hear certain things and I always tell people, I'm like, I like learning the same thing. Like there's a lot of fresh perspective here coming from you, which I appreciate. And you can learn the same core topics. We talk about business. So you're going to talk about culture, leadership, right? But you can learn the same thing with a new perspective 20 different times. And every time you're, you have, you walk away with seeing it differently. You know what I mean? Meaning you improve mm -hmm. the way you see it. How many times have you like learned something? You go, I knew that, but the way you just explained it, now the light bulb really goes off, right? <laughs> and having the opportunity to talk to you, I can count on it. I've never actually told this, these stories and these examples in exactly this way. So your platform's given me the opportunity to put out fresh content into the world. There you go. I love it. So we have a lot of, uh, you know, exciting entrepreneurs that are listening in. Um, if they want to, and maybe they have a small team and they're looking for ways to make sure that their leadership is strong so they can grow effectively. How do they learn more about you or get more information from you? Like, where do they go? What's the easiest thing? So Simplicity is king or queen. Dropinceo.com, D-R-O-P-I-N-C-E-O.com. One-stop shopping for either my consulting services to strategically help in growing your business, especially in the manufacturing well, but also my coaching services developed to develop you or your leadership. I have my blog there the CEO's Compass, my book, my podcast, The Drop-In CEO, and launching again very soon, the C-Suite Academy. So would love for somebody to drop in there and uh, let's connect. Cool. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Adam. Thanks for tuning into the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com for more information, fresh articles, content, and our services if you're looking to build a brand that people love. And please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate your support.